Hello, everybody, and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. I'm your host, Josh, and today I'm going to be talking about Air Awakens by Elise Kova. So let's awaken the magic of books. Uh, first, I want to just uh, talk a little bit non-spoilery about this. I really enjoyed this book. It was a lot of fun. It definitely falls into that YA category um, because that's probably what it is, right? Like, I'm not trying to trick you or anything. It, it is YA, but I think it was YA that was done with care and a lot better than other YA that I've read where you can almost predict exactly what's going to happen both plot-wise and relationship-wise. And so I'm I'm glad to see that it's not the same here. I think Elise Kov, Kova had really great character work. She has great characters. They all feel kind of believable and real. And yes, while they have a little bit of that YA trope to them, like that's to be expected in a YA book, but I thought they were still done excellently. There's small twists and turns. Some I predicted. Not really, but some I didn't predict most of them, right? Like, But I think they were all done with care. None of them were like, oh, that's just so odd. Well, I mean, maybe one thing, but we'll talk about that later. So I liked uh, this. This isn't just my notice in the book is that I was reading it. I was like, man, this main character, she just, this is totally not a spoiler. Don't worry. She just loves windows. And as you read the book, you know, you kind of figure out why she likes windows so much. Well, at least I think you do. But it's just like, man, every room you go into, wow, look at this big window. This is a huge window. I wonder if I can get a window this big. Like, my window is tiny. So it's just it's just really funny. I loved seeing it. Like, it just popped out to me a couple times. And I was like, that's really odd. She does talk about windows a lot. But like I said, it was not a deal breaker by any any stretch of the imagination. So... Let's let's talk about our. Uh, I think we're gonna just go into spoilers here. Sorry, you know, two-ish minutes of non-spoiler, and now we're gonna talk about it. But that's kind of the way this podcast goes. We talk very briefly about the non-spoiler and go right into it. So let's talk about let's talk about the plot, which there was surprisingly little plot. When you say that, you might think that's a bad thing. But promise, this is not a bad thing. This is just primarily a character-focused book, I would say, because it's all about the character interactions and their decisions. And yes, of course, there is a little bit of plot because what is a character book without a little bit of plot but just a character being like I'm changing and I'm different and that's you know it doesn't make work so you have to have some plot and this has plot and it's good plot for what it is it's just really not like the focus it's not like I have to do this or this this is these are my options what am I going to do how am I going to do it what am I going to do here like do I want this those kind of questions and so I thought it was a really fun character plot so the plot is that our main character Fahalia and it's V-H-A-L-L-A and every time I saw it I always wanted to call her Valhalla just I mean that's kind of what my mind went to every time but it's not so she is a librarian at the uh the palace she is like an assistant librarian and one day one of the princes comes in and he's been wounded and so she they have to research all the poisons they can find and try and fix that and you know figure out what's going on and so she thinks it's Prince Baldrick. And so she runs into it. And you know what? Actually, I just, Baldrick, excuse me, not Baldrick. But I just realized that the first prince is Prince Aldrick and the second princess, Prince Balder, Prince A and Prince B. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. I did not notice that until just now. I love that. That's awesome. Like, okay, sorry. Back. So she thinks Prince Balder has been hurt and so she's researching and it's not like she has any special attachment to him but he's kind of just like the nicer of the two princes and so she is flying not literally flying but just like flying back and forth in the books writing notes putting them in piles just like feverishly working and then the uh they come and get her and they say hey you have magic and we're gonna come get you and she's like uh 
what? I definitely don't have magic. And they're like, oh, you do. And they kidnap her. Well, they do kidnap her. That's not a lie. They take her to the Tower of Sorcerers. She's like, I am definitely not magic. They kind of explain it. She wants to go back to her life because to her, magic has always been this bad thing. And she doesn't really know a ton about it. But you know how that goes. You don't know something about it. And it's bad. And kind of hear what you hear. And we go with the worst of it. So she goes with that. And then she's kind of let back out. They can't keep her. And she starts communicating with somebody in notes, the Phantom. And they communicate. And then she learns about magic. And she learns more. And then she realizes that it was Prince Aldrich that she saved, not Prince Baldair, and that he's the one who's been writing her the notes, and they kind of have this kind of a budding relationship growing, like they kind of, I don't even say you can say they like each other, but they like each other on a friendship level with these notes, right? And then they move forward, he starts training her a little bit, but she's still reluctant to fully commit to it. They're kind of found out by some people. Prince Baldair dresses her up, takes her to the ball. She shocks everybody. Then the capital's attacked. And this is like 70% of the way through, so I was like, oh geez, where are we going to go in the last 20%? And from the way I'm describing it, it seems like there's a lot of plot, but it's not really, you know, girl gets magic, girl doesn't want to do magic, girl is talked to through notes about magic. It kind of changes her mind, trains a little bit, and then the capital is attacked, explosions. She rushes trying to save her friends. Prince Aldrich follows her because they do kind of have that will-they-won't-they vibe. And they're attacked by other northerners who are trying to kill Aldrich. And then she summons a tornado. Freaking, you know, she's super powerful. And we'll talk about some of that later. Just, it was awesome. And then uh, she's put on trial and she has to join the army after the trial because she's found guilty of the lesser crimes of property destruction. So that's kind of your basic plot. Now, like I said, this is much more of a character work. We're dealing a lot in her head and Valhalla's head, Paul's head. Lots of introspection and like, oh, maybe this isn't how it is. And, you know, she loves to read. Person after my own heart. Yeah. I, I liked her and she does grow and change and become a better person. I think. I mean, it really depends on what you define as a better person, but she does some nice things. All right, let's talk about some of the characters real quick. Let's talk about Crown Prince Aldrich. He is kind of your stereotypical, I'm hard on the outside and soft on the inside. He is a funny, funny character. I liked him. He, you know, he's got that stern face and nobody trusts him because nobody likes the sorcerers, but they do like the sorcerers. Nobody really understands them. So he had to grow up with that. And then being a prince, he's kind of got his own stuff going on there. But like, he is very hard outside, soft inside. And you can tell that he's really starting to like Valhalla. So he's funny. I loved that when he's the Phantom and the first note he writes to her is like berating her, being like, why are you being so childish? Don't you know that all these sorcerers have to put in extra work to make sure you don't awaken and hurt somebody the wrong way? If you really cared about people, you would come and learn magic, and you would stop being such a baby. And then she writes back, and she's like, well, maybe I am a baby, but at least I'm not a stupid, stupid head. It's just so funny. She doesn't obviously say it that way, but they start very antagonistic towards each other. And I just had to be like, yes, Phantom, the perfect way to get someone on your side and to do what you want. Berate them in a note. I can see it now working for absolutely no one ever. But it's just hilarious when when I read that. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to go. I knew what way it was going to go, kind of, and it, it did. And I liked it. And I do like that they kind of are, they are embodying the trope of enemies to lovers. But they're not really enemies. They're more just like, prickly, prickly to each other. And then they go back to uh, friends and then hopefully lovers. Now, Prince Baldair, okay, I was really ready. I was 100% on the, I'm going to hate you because you are a scummy prince when he 
finds out about Valhalla and he takes her and has dinner with her. And I was like, oh, he is going to try and seduce her and take her. I don't want this three-way romance. I appreciate it occasionally. This is not the book for it. And then he's like, yeah, you're different than most girls. Most of them are, you know, eat with me, try and ply me up. And then we uh, end up on my bed and then you... You're not like them. And I'm like, ah, maybe you are just regular evil and you have a good face. And But then it turns out he's just different. He's not evil. So I was like, okay, principal there, you're fine. I'll cut you some slack. You're just odd. And, you know, you use your royalty and your status to what you want. So not bad, but he's okay. Let's see. Samir. This was the other three-way romance that I was, I was like, mm, I don't like this one either. But this one makes a little bit more sense since he's kind of from the same society level as her. But... Soon as I knew, she, why would you reveal to somebody that you are mage with magic? Why not start slow and be like, hey, I think I have magic. I have magic. Okay, now look what I can do. And I don't know why, but I instead of getting like love and admiration vibes from Samir, I was just getting kind of like obsession vibes from v- Samir. But I don't really think, I don't know if I meant to get those vibes or if that's just me. But I, I definitely knew... I knew it was like, okay, you came back. That's a good sign. You were like, oh no, you have magic. You freaked out. You had a little panic attack and then you came back the next day or whatever. And you're like, okay, I'll deal with this. I still like you. But I was kind of like, but do you? Because you just don't want her to do her magic ever. And you don't want her to be herself. You want her to be what you want her to be. And so I was like, "Uh, don't like this. Especially then he starts looking up eradication, which is getting rid of your magic ability. So I was like, oh, Samir, sorry. You had a chance. You took that chance and dumped it. So I'm dumping you trash. I okay. Like as much as I disliked him, I was not expecting him to die. That's just so you all know. I was not like, okay, he's out. He needs to die. I was just like, he's out. But uh, it's a nice way to give a clean kind of like you thought maybe this would happen. Nope, it's out for sure. So and last character I really want. Second last character I really want to talk about Eggman the senator. Okay. I'm just going to read off my notes. Very dumb. I hate this guy. Yes, that sums up my feelings towards him exactly. We have this rare magical being, the last Windwalker, the only Windwalker in the world. Why? We don't know. But we have the only one. What do we do? Do we kill her or do we keep her? I'm going to say keeping her is a good idea. But Eggman disagrees. He has got that hard on just for killing her straight up. Like, as soon as the tornado's done, he is in there, like, arresting her. And I'm like, oh, this seems a little uh, excessive here. Why? I think I feel very confident saying that he knows more about magic or the Wind Wakers than is letting on and that he doesn't want her for that reason and he is against her because he's either a spy or or something else. I'm not sure what exactly, but he's got to have some ulterior motive besides I just hate her because as soon as, as soon as she was introduced, he was sniffing her out and trying to figure it out and pushing against her, right? So Eggman, he's definitely got something going on. I don't like him. If he had been crushed by a building, I wouldn't have minded. I'd have been pretty happy about that, actually. He's one of the ones that can die and I would cheer for his death here. So that's it. Okay, final last character, and this is only like a sentence. The Emperor, like, okay, let's just go over the chain of events. She tries to save her friends. They, She, with Prince Aldric, is attacked by Northerners, which nobody would have predicted this, right? But Prince Aldric is about to die. She summons a tornado, which literally decimates 
which if you don't know what decimate means, it means to like cut into 10 pieces, basically, right? She like literally decimates the northerners only. Nobody else is touched by the magic wind tornado, right? And saves his life. So what's it? What's our, uh, what's our reward for that? Ah, yes. Jail and inscription. Conscription into the military. Like, yes, that was, that was great. I have to worry about all that property damage that like, yeah, there was some, but explosions versus tornado, like just blame it all on the northerners and be done with it. Like it's a very royalty thing to do, but he doesn't. I'm like, ah, I don't like you. Why would you do that? So let's, let's talk just a little bit about the magic real quick because that's kind of important. She is. This is an elemental magic system. You've got your air, fire, water, wind. But then every mage also has these things called an affinity of self. And we haven't really gotten in a, in a, in an explanation of that. Suffice to say, everybody kind of has their own magical gift inside of their elemental gift. And they kind of range differently. So uh, Valhalla can project. She can, Like an astral projection of herself. Now, is that just Valhalla or is that all Windwalkers? I don't know. So uh, let's see. You have Windwalker, Firebearer, Water Runner and earth mender i believe the the earth one is not really talked about in this book so we'll get more in the next one because i think the next book is literally uh all about the earth mate bending not bending excuse me about the earth uh whatever i don't know sorry and i will say this i like the magic system well thought out well done gives us enough keeps us wanting more but i feel like she's got most of these things kind of figured out ahead of time and that she reveals them as she needs to so i like that i will say this book went from the first half went from like kind of non-graphic in a in just a way right to after the explosions and the death started piling up to like very graphic but not so graphic that i'd be like "Mm, no this doesn't fit the ya but it was just it was a step up it was kind of like this is life and this is war and war is graphic and it it is bad but i'm not gonna like make you throw up and shove it down your throat i'm just gonna be like this is kind of like what it is so i like that let's talk i want to talk just a little bit about my uh some of my favorite scenes obviously calling a tornado that was pretty awesome she just screams and the tornado shows up that was awesome it was just so cool in my mind it's just an amazing scene a very very well done scene when she decides to wear black to the ball because the sorcerers wear black and she knows that but she's kind of played it off like oh i just want to wear black and prince aldrick just stares at her the whole time and his mouth is you know dropped and he's just like uh who are you and obviously he knows who she is but like that was just an impressive scene and he's like i want to dance with you and she's like well then just dance with me and he's like well i'm not good at it you know like social things so that was really good and then this was hilarious. The falling from the balcony. Well, it's not falling from a balcony when you're pushed, but like I knew, I knew as soon as they were like, oh, it's on a balcony over a window. And he was like, trust me, I knew a hundred percent he was going to push her out. Now, I had different ideas about what was going to happen after he pushed her, but I knew that he was going to push her. What I did not expect is also what happened, where she falls down, bangs herself on every roof on the way down, and nearly dies. Now, when she goes back and looks at it, she's like, oh yeah, I definitely had to awaken there because... If I hadn't, I mean, she doesn't remember anything. So we don't get anything because this follows her in a, that close per, uh, POV, right? So she's like, oh, yeah, that first fall is like 60 to 70 feet before the first roof that I bounced off of. So I definitely survived just because of magic. And this causes a huge trust issue between the two of them. And I was like, this makes sense. This is a great character moment and thing. Like, 
He pushed her off a window and she doesn't trust him anymore. And then she starts to trust him. But then she's like, but you pushed me out a window. And then he, you know, eventually he does explain and say, I'm sorry about that. Like, I honestly thought that you would just like float down. You would awaken, you'd fall down, you'd land. We'd talk about it afterwards and I'd start your training immediately. He was like, I did not expect you to, you know, fall and break and bend, you know, just all these things. And it was like, that's so cool. So nice that it's like, hey, I was right. You are a windwalker. And if you weren't, you would be dead. But I was also wrong because I kind of thought you would be safer, right? That was just really good scene, really good character growth throughout the book from both of them because of that. And now one of the last scenes in the book is her hair cutting scene. I was a little worried when she was in the bath and she saw the razor and I was like, oh, I don't know. Is this going to stay okay for me? And it did, but she just you know, kind of violently cuts her hair because she has to become a new person because the person she was, the small librarian, is gone, right? She has to accept who she is now. And what better way to do that than with a new... I say that makes it sound weird, like a new haircut to accept your new life in the military. But like, that is what it is. It's a very like cleansing thing for her. She feels like she's changing and becoming who she can be. I like the long hair, but I'm not going to ever berate a book character for cutting their hair. And it's still semi-shoulder length, so I'm not like, oh my gosh, that's way too short. Because, I mean, again, that's what she wants. I guess she can do that. I don't know if, you know, after you've literally just barely been sentenced to death, you know, been saved from being sentenced to death is necessarily the best time to make any decisions really like like there are tiers of decisions obviously like high tier mid tier and low tier cutting your hair is a low tier one that's pretty safe to make at any time but i think in this situation you could probably just say it's safe to not make any decisions at this time and be okay with that until like a day or two has passed and you're feeling a little bit better about yourself so that's going to wrap up my discussion of air awakens by elise kova everybody thanks for listening thanks to david hillowitz for the intro and outro music you know please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from i do have a patreon at patreon.com slash if you'd like to support the show and remember to awaken the magic of books 